Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. After visiting former President Jimmy Carter at his home on Thursday, President Biden told reporters that they, quote, sat and talked about the old days, like when they worked side by side to try to bring down crime and gas prices and that mammoth. Oh, <laughs> mammoth. I, yeah. joke. Come on. I, yeah, they're very old. So old is the thing. mammoths. Of course, he'd have to be like 500,000 years old. So it's a... <laughs> Nobody's that old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we have so many great things to talk about today. It, it beggars description. It defies the imagination. It's just outstanding. Um, one thing I do want to talk about at some point is, and I try not to be cynical. I try to be skeptical, but there are days I definitely lapse into cynical. Yep. The collection of data on COVID-19 and comorbidities and the rest of it was so haphazard and inconsistent from state to state, county to county. It's just the data is practically useless. Well, it is useless, but more on that later. Yeah, okay, well, I got more to comment on that, but I don't want to take up our time because I would like to read this entire article from the New York Times, but there's not really a market for... 15-minute-long articles poorly read on a radio station. I mean, just, I mean if that well, was a thing, there'd be hosts all across America just opening up newspapers and reading really long articles. Uh, let me turn the page here. Although the audio version of articles is a is a cool thing. You can listen to an article as you drive, for instance. Sure, Dad. Not during our show, of course. Brett Stevens used to be an opinion writer for the Wall Street Journal, which is a uh, right-leaning publication. And then he got hired at the New York Times to uh, be an opinion person. And uh, huge pushback from a lot of Times subscribers. How dare you have this right-winger? And then... Well, and the staff crapped their drawers. How right. dare you? Oh, my God. Diversity of opinion is diversity we hate. And he um, he is super anti-Trump, so he's he's weathered the storm pretty well there at the New York Times. You know, even as he is a Republican, he is an anti-Trump Republican. So that's kept him uh, probably from getting, you know, killed there in the newsroom. But I really love this piece he has written for the New York Times. Biden's plan promises permanent decline. Hammer it. I want to hear it. Years ago, Alexis Tispris, I don't know how to pronounce this Greek name. Years ago, Alexis Tispris, the party leader of Greece's coalition of the radical left, surprised me with a question. Here in the United States, the soon-to-be prime minister asked me over breakfast in New York, why do you not have this phenomenon of passing money under the table? The subject was health care. Greece has a public health care system that, in theory, guarantees its citizens access to necessary medical care. Practice, however, is another matter. Patients in Greek public hospitals, Tispris explained, would first have to slip a doctor an envelope with a certain amount of money before they could expect to get treatment. The government, he added, underpaid its doctors and then looked the other way as they topped off their income with bribes. Take a close look at any country or locality in which the government offers allegedly free or highly subsidized goods, and you'll usually discover that there's a catch. France's subsidized daycare, which we're about to start having from uh, birth to age five. Ah, yes. France's subsidized daycare is, by all accounts, fantastic for working parents who get their children into it, except there's a perpetual shortage of slots. And he links to a story which explains how it's just impossible to get your kid in. Hmm. Um, in Sweden, a raft of laws protects tenants from excessively high rent, except wait times for apartments can be as long as 20 years. 
In- <laughs> that takes the fun out of it. Oh, yeah, and back to the France story, the, the this per- perpetual shortage of slots, and then another example of, so people bribe their way in. The, the people who can afford it bribe their way into this, and people who can are left on the sidelines, and it's all, you know, it's all black market. Um, except for wait times for apartments as long as 20 years in Sweden. In Britain, the National Health Service is a source of pride. Except that even before the pandemic, one in six patients faced wait times of more than 18 weeks for routine treatment. Something we can't even imagine in the United States, but they've got universal health care. Everybody gets free government health care. Four and a half months? And you know what happens in those places with free for government health care? The rich people usually get private health care. The, the powerful and connected and rich get private health care, and you're stuck with that crappy, crappy system. Right. Or you bribe your way in like they do in Greece. These examples are worth bearing in mind as President Biden charts a, cor- a course toward the largest expansion of government since Lyndon Johnson's Great Society. After signing a $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief bill in March and proposing a $1.5 trillion discretionary budget in April, uh, the president wants $2.3 trillion more for infrastructure and $1. trillion for new social programs. That's $7.5 trillion in discretionary spending. To put that number in perspective, we spent $4.1 trillion over four years to wage and win the Second World War. That's adjusted for inflation. Almost half as much money the United States spent to conduct the World War, uh, Second World War. Biden wants to spend, like, now, right now, and in, in the near future. What will America get for the money? The progressive bet is that we'll, it will be things Americans like and want to keep, like universal pre-K and paid parental leave. Progressives also bet Americans won't mind that the, the Jeff Bezoses and Elon Musks of the world have to pay for all of it. Maybe those bets will pay off. And conservatives would be foolish to dismiss the sheer political appeal of the progressive pitch. But before the U.S. takes this leap into a full-blown American social welfare state, moderates in Congress like Senator Joe Manchin or Representative Jim Costa ought to ask, what's the catch? It isn't that the things Biden wants aren't worth having. Many of them are, nor is the mammoth expense the main issue. Worthy things are often worth paying for. And Republicans have as much credibility on the subject of deficit spending as they do on matters of moral character in high office recently. The real catch is that massive government spending has hidden costs that are difficult to capture in numbers alone. Take another look at Europe. Why does research and development spending in the European Union persistently lag that of the U.S., uh, to say nothing of places like Japan and South Korea that way outstrip it? Perhaps it's the same reason that European states cannot adequately meet their defense requirements. Mandatory spending on social welfare priorities tends to crowd out discretionary spending. Why does Europe's tech startup scene so notably lag its competitors in the United States and Asia? Perhaps it's the same reason that Europe's overall share of the world economy has been continuously shrinking despite decades of peace and economic integration. Big social safety nets typically come at the expense of risk-taking and economic being dynamic. Mm. This is what I was saying before. We are messing with America's DNA. We are changing the very nature of our culture. And I think it's a, a disastrous idea. And why is France, which according to the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, spends more on social welfare than any other nation in the developed world, such an unhappy place with chronically high unemployment, endless labor unrest, a decades-old brain drain, rising political extremism, and a wealth tax that failed, and a medical system that was on the brink of collapse before COVID even struck? 
The answer is no doubt complex, but anyone making the claim that massive government spending on social priorities will take us to the happy place needs to address the French example with something other than glib references to Joe de... Joy, you say the French. Joie de vivre. There you go. Uh, investments like these once made are almost never reversed. The spending will become permanent. Beyond the gargantuan cost, Congress should think very hard about the real catch, transforming America into a kinder, gentler place of permanent decline. Amen to that, brother. I'm so happy that's in the New York Times. I hope it gets any air whatsoever. It won't be discussed in you know, most of your cable news channels. It, it is... To my mind, without a doubt, you could you could you could prove it over and over and over again that that is what we're about to do, and it seems like we're at a time in our nation's history, culturally or whatever, that we're fine with that, I guess, or or don't or don't believe it will happen for some fantasy unicorn reason. Right. Well, American exceptionalism, I think, is is a double edged sword. It's uh, people start to think the bad things can't happen to us. It's it's wishful thinking. We'll always be the home to the, uh, the the apples and the Microsofts of the world. We just always build. That's just part of being America. Not because we have a, a system that allows that sort of thing to flourish. Right. We'll always have a super strong military. Europe, with its weak military, can't even pay their 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 portion of NATO every single year. People that are super smart, they move other places. They move out of France for all the reasons that were just explained. Oh, it's just it it just, it almost makes you sick to your stomach. Right, right. And well, this could happen in months. And as he points out, and and we point out, and everybody points out, these things are irreversible. Show me an example of once you start down this path where somebody turns around and goes the other direction. I don't think one exists in history. No, uh, benefits once given are are almost never taken away because it's politically so painful. People go crazy. You know, Churchill said the the chief uh, sin of socialism is its shared misery. It just it shaves off innovation and happiness and achievement and and striving, and it just everybody's equally miserable. And some people like that; they want that because they they don't have the balls to go out and, and find their way in the world. And yeah, I know the graduate from high school and go work for GM or Ford uh, or some manufacturer type job have disappeared, but this is not the answer. It's it well. It's been proved over and over and over again. It's not the answer, but it's still attractive to people who don't know. So universal health health care, free child care, really from birth to twenty. If all these proposals go through, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. Well, you know, if you wanted to think about it long enough, it would be our schools have made no effort for generations, really, to explain why capitalism, free market, freedom are good. I didn't get taught that in school. I've learned it. I had to learn it on my own. My dad told me about it. I read about it in books. People I like, you know, I read their columns, that sort of thing. I was never taught that in school. The advantages of uh, free market and our system over other systems. That never came up. Right. Uh, Nobody nobody hit you with any Thomas Pinker... um... What's the book that we read? Uh, Moby Dick. The, no, I don't think that's it. There were no whales in it. Or very <laughs> few whales in it. Uh, prosperity Now, uh, Apocalypse Now, uh, what is it? Serenity. What, what the heck was the name of it? Serenity Now! Better <laughs> better Angels of Our Nature? No, no. That's a, Enlightenment Now. Enlightenment Now. That's the one. Ding. Oh, That should be a, an entire class. 
Unfortunately, you didn't buzz in, Sean. So oh, we'll dang it. Go wow. to the Daily Double. Uh, yeah, do we just... The point of the book is that the free markets have lifted humanity, billions of people, from just horrible, horrible lives. Sorry, don't have time to teach that. I'm trying to teach you how you stole land from the Indians. And And how all white people are evil, right? Just a warning. If you are ever on a game show with me, and I get the answer right, but do not get credit on a technicality, (laughs) and you buzz in after and give my answer and get (laughs) credit... Yes. We are fist fighting in the parking lot. Wow, wow. Quiz, quiz Quid Kid Donnie is not happy with this whole thing. <laughs> wow, fair enough. <laughs> but the, the warning taken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sa- same, same thing goes if we are ever on the prices right, and I bid a dollar amount, yes. and you after me bid a single dollar over the dollar amount that I bid, and you win the showcase, <laughs> we're fist fighting in the parking lot. You might have a jet ski, but you got no teeth. <laughs> Keep that in mind. <laughs> Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I want to know why you have a pig in the middle of We're on a walk. Can you just leave us alone? Obviously, like, you don't, you're not a part of our walk. You don't have to be here. It's a huge animal. So what? Who cares if he's huge? He's eating. He's Look at that. Look at that. Right on our lawn. She's, what are you picking well, it up? She's picking it up. No, You are being a grumpy pants. If you leave us alone. Emotional support animal first. Emotional support. You have a pig. Get away. Emotional support animal. That apparently is some folks walking a hawk through a neighborhood and a neighbor objecting. Because they're grumpy pants. Right. Yeah. At least no one was called a Karen yet. Yet. I I haven't heard the whole thing. That's to come. Uh, until, Until the pig does its thing on my lawn, although dogs do that all the time. If you pick it up, right? That's just kind of the thing. People walk yeah. their dogs, and sometimes they do it on your lawn, and you pick it yeah, up. Yeah, we don't let Baxi go on people's lawns. I, Vacant lots. Yeah, you know. I, I, I'd rather you didn't, but people do it all the time. So that's it's not unusual. It's just my point. So there's yeah. not why, why are you so upset about somebody walking a pig down the street? You are being a grumpy pants. You're, it's, what Fair are you criticism. doing? You can't do it. It's giant. What's it got to do with anything? Well, hogs can bite you, right? Then don't well, come near it. But but if, but until it does bite somebody uh, or show any inst- in, in, interest well, in what kind of policy is that, Joe Exotic? You're gonna have harmless helpers but soon. But it's not, you're rolling the dice. But it's not a the tiger. delicious pork dice. It's not a tiger. I've been around. I bet I spent more time around pigs than most people listening. I guarantee you. And I've never been bitten by a hog. It's not. It's not something they no, do was regularly. This, was this? I haven't seen the actual video. Is this like a a pig? Because I've had I've had neighbors who have had pet pigs and they're yeah. adorable and funny. I, I don't know. Was it a Vietnamese potbelly pig or was it just like a? Was it like a feral warthog? Fifteen hundred pound boar. <laughs> Well, she you says, are being a grumpy pants. She says again, fair criticism. Uh, she she says it's enormous, so I'm guessing it is a fairly substantial hog. Yeah, but if she's a suburban person, it would seem enormous if it was 400 pounds, 
which would be quite small by hog standards. Uh, why are we speculating? We need to research this. We need facts. And we'll try to come up with the facts. I'm with the, I'm with the homeowner, Gal. You got giant hogs crapping on my lawn. I'm not happy about it. You are being a grumpy pants. Hey, just, just, so are you. I don't mind people trying to get publicity. That's just, you know, we try to get publicity. Uh, but the number of people that have taken it as a serious story that the host of this Saturday's Saturday Night Live, Elon Musk, is controversial. I've, I've seen this story everywhere, and I've yet to see any <laughs> example of any controversy. It seems to be a completely phony story. Um, I read this story in the New York Post, and I've read it in a whole bunch of different places. They have a headline that says something like this one. SNL cast won't be forced to appear with controversial host Elon Musk. What the what? Saturday Night Live cast members won't be forced to appear alongside controversial billionaire Elon Musk when he hosts the show this Saturday. Page six is told. Speaking historically, if a cast member has been that unhappy, they don't have to do it. A source told us. A source told us. So speaking historically. Yeah. In, who asked? In theory, if somebody didn't want their picture taken with them, they wouldn't have to. Is the only nugget of information they have in this story from an anonymous source. And then they quote some of the things that you may have heard if you followed this at all, in which there's a couple of tepid comments from cast members that don't show really any problem at all. Um, um, and it's, it's just a completely made-up story, but it got a lot of publicity. Oh, Miley Cyrus has been taking a lot of heat on social media because she's the musical guest that's going to show up on the same episode that Elon Musk is the host of. What the hell? This is all completely made up, ladies and germs, I'm telling you. The national pastime is being aggrieved. It's just everybody wants to be upset. Or pretending we are. And this, in this right. case, is completely made up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Tweet from baseball legend Jose Canseco, who tweeted, Melinda Gates and Alex Rodriguez will be dating by the end of the summer. <laughs> J-Lo and A-Rod have broken up, and now Bill and Melinda Gates have broken up. Do the math. Does that mean Bill and J-Lo are going to be a thing, too? Certainly a possibility. How old is uh, old Lady Gates? Do you know that? So it'll be below. I don't know what they were. I don't know. I don't know. How old is old Lady Gates? Look that up for us, will you, Sean? I was thinking, is there a, like the opposite of a cougar? What the young fella who, uh, you know, gigolo, I guess. I'm just, I'm thinking of coming on to her. Uh, 56. She is 56. Oh, okay. oh man. Similar age. Yeah. So it's, uh, please. Plenty match made in heaven. So, uh, sorry, honey. Alex yeah. Rodriguez is 50. They'd be perfect together. Um, th- no, me. Me. You're married. Oh, I recall. right. Um, right. Sorry, sweetheart. We need to get to the story of the pressure that's coming from the left on Joe Biden to f- try to force the pharmacy companies to uh, let go of their patent on the vaccine. Oh, yeah. And uh, and it's front page USA Today. Today, it's front page New York Times. And I got to believe if if. Donald Trump was doing and saying the same things around this issue, it would be treated so much differently. But we'll talk about that coming up. Also, we've got to get to the headline, and this is funny and weird. 
Oh, um, wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was completely impossible I would remember this without setting a timer. So I've set a timer. Available later today, a brand new episode of the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing <laughs> podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. You can get the on-demand podcast, the extra large, the select cuts, the one more thing, and get yourself the I'm vaxxed, no mask, A&G t-shirt. That's all at armstrongandgetty.com. Jack, I think you were saying something. We'll talk about the vaccine and whether or not we should give it to other, uh, just give it away to other countries um, or not, and the reasons why we shouldn't do it that way. And this weird, the Internet's going crazy over this one, Jimmy and the Giant Bidens, a photo <laughs> that has gone viral, and it's hilarious. Have you seen this, Sean? We'll talk uh, about yeah. it coming up. We'll talk about it coming up. Very wow. Funny, very funny I am photo. unfamiliar. Fabulous. So uh, this is uh, a rip from real life. Uh, I'm talking to my dad the other day. He's coming to visit. And he's uh, also going to see some other uh, family members scattered hither and yon. My my mom has passed, which is very sad. But <clears throat> since he was her caregiver for a long time, now he can, you know, travel and do things and see people. So, you know, it's, it's the way life goes. But Yeah, wow, that's got to be an interesting dynamic. Well, yeah, yeah, it is. It's, uh, well, it's, it's bittersweet, right? I guess that's the definition of, of bittersweet. Anyway, uh, he, he says to me, he says, uh, what's your car situation right now? Cause I was looking into rental cars and it was going to be everywhere. No, no. Um, <clears throat> and he said it, it, the rental car rate for the week was shockingly high. Oh uh, yeah. I suppose the ladies and gentlemen, welcome inflation. Nobody's really saying it yet, but anyway, back to you. Well, yeah. And then uh, it's two days later. I run into the, the piece in the WAPO, uh, Rental company, rental car companies during the COVID sold off more than 770,000 cars to reduce their costs and make a little money during the pandemic crisis. More than one of every three rental cars that were in service before the pandemic are no longer available. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if that, how many that was. So that's a third of them are gonzo because they thought, well, why are we going to keep this, uh, you know, mid-sized luxury sedan sitting here for the next year. Nobody driving, sure. paying the right. taxes. It's de- going down in value. Why, I'll, in bet, I'll bet uh, hoteliers wish they could do that. Hey, honey, I bought a hotel room. That'd be cool. Just duct tape it to the side of your house or something like that. It might have turned out not to be the smartest <laughs> deal since used car values are so high, but I can understand why they, they thought it was a good idea at the time. So for customers, smaller fleets mean higher prices and longer waits. But for the rental companies, shedding car leases and cutting billions of dollars in planned purchases was the key to survival. So I totally get it. But the news you can use part of this, I suppose, is uh, is reserve early. I mean, because the supply is, is brutally low and they can't buy cars because of the chip uh, uh, manufacturing hiccups that have been happening. Uh, so the one guy, quoting in this article, he was going to go to uh, Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado. It's, it's stunning. It's gorgeous. Uh, he was quoted $240 per day to rent just a, you know, meh sedan. Crazy. I saw one market uh, solution finding a way in Hawaii where uh, people were experiencing this rental car bottleneck, so they just started getting U-Hauls to drive around the island while they were vacationing. Yep. Wow. Driving U-Hauls around was cheaper than renting a car. I wonder if you could Airbnb your car. Like, if I live in Hawaii, I got an extra car. You know, you got to be careful because people beat the hell out of rentals. But I mean, that could be a nice little chunky income if you don't have a great car. The anyway, bank robber app. What are you? Uh, <laughs> what are you trying to start here? 
I would just use that for getaway cars from various shenanigans. So oh, this is oh, I get it. So this isn't specifically inflation; it's its own interesting thing, though. Inflation still hangs out there. Um, my stomach really hurts today, and I was thinking back what I ate yesterday. I had a weird day yesterday for all kinds of reasons that I uh, won't talk about now. But um, here's look at this is the sum total of what I ate yesterday. I'm making notes. I didn't eat till three. But you're uh, you're an intermittent faster. What I'm an intermittent faster. What time do you typically? Start? I usually eat between one and six. Okay, that's my normal eating window. But uh, I didn't eat till three. I had three small bags of Lay's potato chips. Don't the, try to lie to three? us. Small. Then about eight thirty, I had a half a cherry pie. Oh, <laughs> and that's all I ate yesterday. Oh, and my man. stomach really hurts today. Doctor, three. what do you think? Three bags of chips, impressive. Half a cherry pie is stunning. Hmm. That's a sweet pie, too. It's not a good eating day. No, no. I need to, I need to do better today. <laughs> Mix in some protein. Or, jeez, or anything. Jeez. Potato chips and pie? <laughs> if you're eight years old, your stomach would hurt. Oh, yeah. Jeeminy. Yeah. Oh, man. You child. Hey, I did not feel the, good today. Getting back to the rental car thing. Uh-huh. Here's this gal gets to New Orleans. She's got a rental car reserved. It happens to be Hertz, but I don't know. It's probably the same at all the, the counters. Stood in line for an hour just to reach the counter, then waited another 90 minutes for her car. That's just brutal. Uh, I'd say. Oh, that uh, would suck. Well, yeah, figure that out before you travel. Don't just assume, like, you know, I usually just, you know, I fly into Phoenix. I don't have anything ready to go. I just walk into the rental lot, and which, which line is the shortest? I walk up and I rent a car. Midsummer bookings in Denver and San Diego are now double the usual rate. That's crazy. I'll be danged. Better off buying a car or stealing one. Hotwire it. Um, we don't try to do a lot of inside baseball Washington Beltway stuff, but I was uh so Liz Cheney, who's number three in the Republican Party, si, senor, in the House. Behind Kevin McCarthy and Steve Scalise. There you go, Steve Scalise. Mm -hmm. Um, She yesterday put out a statement, the election was not stolen, the big lie didn't happen, etc., etc. A bit of an uproar among some parts of the Republican Party. And Kevin McCarthy today has said, it's possible that there's not a role for Liz Cheney in the leadership. So... What it looked like, you know, they're going to just coexist and disagree and uh, and serve different chunks of the Republican Party. Looks like there might be a break. I don't know. Boy, she just got that big uh, vote of approval. Yeah. What was that, three, four months ago? I got to believe he's counting votes, too. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. There's, you know, there's always got to be a bit of good cop, bad cop going on there as they're trying to hold everybody together. Maybe they're, they, they could actually be coordinating this yeah. for all I know. Is there some law that states you can only make broad pronouncements and you don't even get to, like, follow up for two minutes? I mean, the election was stolen. The election was not stolen. What do you mean by stolen? Well, I believe, you know, there was vote fraud, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but the media joined with corporations, and there was a big, you know, team that uh, Time.com wrote about this. That, that, uh, well, that you answer the question. Answer different the people mean different things. But, but you know what she means. She, You know what she means. I know what she means. It was not a stolen election. It was not a stolen election. Right. But Biden won. 
Right, but that's no exactly what I'm saying. The people who say it was, what do they mean? Does she understand that? I mean, some of them she understands. The whole, there were, Trump actually won by 100,000 votes in Georgia. That's not true. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But there are some aspects of it. She would probably say, oh, if you mean that, yeah, wild, loose mail-in ballot regulations all of a sudden with COVID as the excuse. That's true. Um, And uh, I want to get to the um, vaccine stuff because that is kind of an interesting conversation. We have the vaccines. We got the best vaccines in the United States. India, um, an ally of the United States, is just getting pummeled. The worst COVID situation that has happened yet. And we got a lot of vaccine that we're sitting on, and should we or not? So we'll talk about that coming up. G- Jimmy and the giant Biden. So a guy took a picture of Jill Biden and Joe Biden sitting with Jimmy Carter and Rosalind Carter. Have you seen the picture? I haven't. I was just going to. Here, Google I'll give it, it to I'll see if I can get it to where I hold it where you can see it. Oh wow! And it looks like. Wow, that's weird. But the guy, the big guy who took the picture was using such a like fisheye kind of camera lens. Joe Biden looks like he's roughly six times the size of Rosalind Carter. It looks like one of those things you would see that are uh, depictions of uh, like depth in photos where somebody's super far back and the, but they appear the, but these are the they're actually the same size. Yeah, they're claiming this isn't photoshopped or something like that. But Rosalind Carter, Rosalind Carter, and Jimmy Carter look like they're about a foot and a half tall, or. Joe Biden is 20 feet tall, one of the two, and it's a hilarious picture. I mean, what the hell's going on there? <laughs> wow. Can we post it's... that at armstrongandgetty.com? Hanson, can we post that? It's pretty funny. Here, the president and the first lady pose with the last living munchkins from <laughs> right. The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that is what it looks like. Yeah. Or uh, from P.T. <laughs> Barnum's famous circus. She's 150 years old. Tom Thumb's wife. With President Biden, it's just—it's so weird. <laughs> I like this caption: "They might be giant Bidens." Should we be America first when it comes to vaccine? The way Joe Biden's playing it, I think we should. Or are his critics going to get their way? Stay tuned for a productive segment, wasn't it? was photographed on Thursday picking a dandelion from the White House lawn and giving it to First Lady Dr. Joe Biden. And right about there is when Kamala Harris called for a Bible. Oh, false alarm. Nope. He's getting back up. Yep. No, just picking a flower. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. I did not see that punchline coming. Oh, my Come on. gosh. Kamala Harris calls for a Bible. Oh, no. No, he's getting back up. <laughs> Wow. Oh, oh, oh. oh boy. Oh, the, that, the premise of that joke is the president <laughs> sold. He could drop dead at any moment, and Kamala Harris is expecting that and ready to go. Right. Oh, man. Which is accurate. <laughs> that she has some sort of succession readiness kit within arm's reach yeah. at all times. Yeah. What was the old, uh, so one of your old veeps used to say, I wake up every morning and inquire as to the president's health. If yeah. it's fine, I <laughs> yeah. go about my day. Yeah, that's a hilarious joke. Yeah, it is. Ah, he's up. He's okay. All right. Damn it. <laughs> Come on now. 
Critics say U.S. is hoarding vaccines. Calls to share supply grow as India suffers. We talked yesterday about how India is getting hit the hardest by the COVID of any spot at any time in the last year of the entire COVID thing, including China and Italy and you know all those countries we talked about or various New York, various parts of the United States. Nobody's had it as bad as India's having it right now. Part of it's because of the variants. Part of it's because of their horrible, horrible health care system. Uh, the Biden administration is besieged with requests from foreign leaders to help act, uh, accessing COVID-19 vaccines. But while President Joe Biden has vowed the U.S. would be an arsenal of vaccines for the world, his advisors have yet to detail how or when the United States would begin sharing its supply. Instead, Biden has repeatedly said his administration would help the rest of the world only after all Americans have had access to the vaccines. If Trump was doing this same sort of thing, it would be a such a giant story, and people would be screaming and yelling about it constantly. Oh, you're so right. It it would be you would be hearing the word genocide used, racism, you know, white supremacy, anything they could cook up, and all kinds of go it alone, and uh, you know, any bad thing you can. Yeah, good point. Yeah. And but Joe Biden's doing exactly the right thing. I think. I think he's doing what he should do. If we if we're positive that you know we've got enough for for anybody that's willing to take it, then yeah, then we can start. But no, no, we got to look out for ourselves first. That there's nothing wrong with that. Well, and everybody else is too. I'm sure, of course they are. We have to come together as a global community and share. Nobody ever does that unless it's in their best interest. They pretend that they're doing it for altruistic reasons, but it's because it's in their best interest. And I think hoarding's a little premature. Didn't we just hit the point where it was widely available and supply was exceeding demand like a week ago? You know, we're definitely not to the hoarding point. Come on now. Uh, that position is increasingly untenable, says the USA Today, particularly in the face of India's COVID-19 crisis and a growing global chasm in vaccination rates, global health experts and advocates say. Yeah, we got a better health care system. We got more um, innovation. We got more vaccine. That's the great thing about being America. Try our system as opposed to China's. That's what we recommend. Right. Um, going forward. At some point in the near future, though, if we have excess vaccine, then send it over to India. Again, you know, not only f- for humanitarian reasons, but A, they're our ally, and so it would sol- solidify that partnership. And B, anywhere the COVID is being spread right now is an opportunity for the COVID to mutate and become even more dangerous. We need to snuff it out for everybody's sake. Well, the World Trade Organization and UN and various other groups are uh, saying that the United States, Britain, and European Union need to start sharing the pharmaceutical, um, well, the, the vaccine itself, and also the trade secrets. And these companies need to um, give them to the rest of the world. Now, the pushback against that, I think, is fairly obvious. Uh, I could read a smart person saying it rather than me. Um, here's a guy who's an analyst for an investment bank. For the industry, this would be terrible, terrible, a terrible precedent, he said. It would be intensely counterproductive in the extreme because what it would say to the industry is, don't work on anything that we really care about because if you do, we're just going to take it away from you. Pfizer, Pfizer, Moderna, the companies that came up with these vaccines, if they know, okay, so next time around we spend all this money and research and development and invest in this and that and come up with something, you're just going to take it away and give it to everybody else? Okay, well, then we won't try quite as hard, I guess. Yeah, and the other aspect of this that I think is important is vaccines are really difficult to manufacture. And, I mean, it's like given the plans for the Apollo mission to uh, the Guatemala. Right, I mean, that's exactly right. I left that yeah. part out of it. And they're making the argument No that- offense to Guatemalans. The drug companies are making the argument that you will not increase 
vaccine them, uh, you know, uh, around the world by giving this information away. We're the only companies that can make it. And, uh, and there's a, the, the reason we're not making more is there's a limited amount of various things. So, yeah, the components. So yeah. even if you had the technical ability to do it, which you don't, you don't have the components to make it. And if you start using those components, it's going to decrease our ability to make it. Right. So we'll end up with the same amount. You're probably going to do it slower. Right. That's it's, what you end up with. It's a Greta Thunberg-ish analysis of vaccine distribution. It's it's fine for a child, but the grown-ups need to explain. Now, see, there's this problem and this problem, so that wouldn't actually help. I think Joe Biden's doing absolutely the right thing on this. But again, just for fun, if Trump was doing the same thing, he'd be getting killed by the lefty media for it. Right. Now, are you saying that because you actually respect what he's doing or because you're afraid of him because he's 11 feet tall? Exactly. If you haven't seen the picture, <laughs> 11 feet tall. He looks like he's 20 feet tall. <laughs> Is that at armstrongandgetty.com, that picture? we got to have that under hot links. I'm sure it'll be there in a moment. I think the New York Times believed he was six times the size of Rosalind C- Carter in that picture, the former first lady. And even Mrs. Biden, who's fairly diminutive, looks to be at least three times the size of Jimmy Carter. <laughs> The Bidens visit Bilbo Baggins and his new wife. (laughs) I guess be careful with your fisheye lens when you take a picture, huh? Oh, man. As a guy who's into real estate and I've, I've, you know, been part of a company and everything, you got to outlaw the fisheye lens for real estate pictures. Oh, yeah. No kidding. The kitchen looks enormous. Looks like you could play racquetball in there. Then you get to the house. Uh, Particularly for apartments. If you've ever shopped for apartments. And they go, oh, my God, look at this. That's the thing. And you get there and you open the door and you have to kind of scoot up against the wall to be able to close the door because that's how big the room is. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, we got much more to come. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty.